This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. A live button. Let's go. What is up, IDP Army, fantasy football fanatic, dynasty football fanatics? Jermaine Jordan Reigns at 50 Shades of Drunk. If you are listening on the podcast feed, we appreciate that. Namaste. If you are watching on YouTube, we appreciate that. Welcome in. Today, I have an awesome show and an awesome guest. We're going to be talking about the 12 most underrated or undervalued and overvalued players in Dynasty Fantasy Football right now per our opinions. So basically, as good as any facts that you could find out there on the internet. And like I said, I have an awesome guest. Go ahead and intro yourself because your accolades are so numerous that I can't even remember them all. So what, what's up, my man? Jax Falcone from the Twitter Spritz. How's it What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I mean, uh, I am the um, the man at the Undroppables, and we do a show. I do a show uh, called The Undrafted, um, a dynasty game theory podcast. But we really, it's a football show, man. We we do uh, make sure it's dynasty focused because that's what I'm all about. But uh, it's a football show. I mean, we've had Evan Silva on the show and, you know, all sorts of different guests on the show, and it's a lot of fun. Hard enough finding a guest all the time, but I'll tell you, it is that's the hardest thing, man. Just setting up a show every week, but we bring it to you every single week, so that's what it is. Hell yeah, go check them out. I will have the description of their, their podcast feed. The Undrafted will be in the podcast descriptions. Speaking of which, make sure you're subscribed to both of our podcast feeds, so you're getting all four of our podcasts. Like my man Jax here said, or Scott, Jax or Scott, either one, baby. All right, like Jax, my man, is the, Jax. Jax is the the bullshit name. Scott's the real name, but it's all the same. All right, well, we'll go Jax. It's like Twitter's our real front. So yes, like sir. my man Jax here said, make sure you go check out his podcast. Check out our podcast feed. Um, the link for his will be in the description. If you're not listening, check it out. And like he said, it's a holistic approach. You know, he's a football podcast. You know, look at it. IDP, Dynasty, NFL Redraft, Fantasy Football, Best Ball. That's what we represent, the IDP Army. You know, it's, it's a holistic approach. And it... In my opinion, it does make you better at fantasy football. You know, when you engage with more of the variables, more of the players, more of the concepts, you have a more holistic view of the things that really matter on both sides of the ball. And so I'm not going to start preaching about IDP yet, but I'm glad that you said, you know, because Evan Silva is somebody that so many people respect in the fantasy industry. Same with Josh Norris. And if you listen... Those guys talk not just defense, but they talk defensive players intentionally and wisely, and that's kind of in, that informs their takes on offense. So don't undervalue that, friends and fam. But um, let's go ahead and uh, what, what, actually, what do I have here? I got some. I, I told you before we came on, I have my note cards and I put them down. What am I doing over here? If you're listening to the podcast feed, five stars, rate us and review us. If you give us a good review, we'll read it. If you give us a bad review probably still read it you know as long as it's like snarky and fun like you know make it worth our while um yeah you make it a five star make it a five star review but be snarky and and rude and then it'll definitely get on that's the best there you go that if you want to get on here yeah there you go that's how you game a game theory guy already coming through big within four minutes of the pod starting let's fucking go um other thing if y'all want to get your uh 
get your possum on the possum merch is available that links to the description and if you go down in the description of the show you can do that but let's go ahead and jump into the 12 players that we want to talk about we're going to do 12 players that are underrated and overrated or undervalued or overvalued in dynasty we're going to stick just to the offensive side of the ball for the purposes of this discussion and this show um and, and everybody that's you know part of the idp army you guys know there's always good idp stuff in here all the time we might touch on it towards the end but let's uh let's go ahead and dive in if you don't have any i'm gonna stay away from the the the, the prima donna the aaron Rodgers, and the lamar jackson we're just gonna hopefully hopefully we can skirt the the seo uh uh apple there but we'll see we'll see all right enough enough of that silly nonsense let's go ahead and pull up today's topics of conversation so we're going to go ahead and start with the most important position for fantasy football quarterbacks so you'll see i have here we have the overvalued and then we have the undervalued so we're going to talk about market conditions why we think certain players are undervalued and why we view them that way and then positional game theory kind of why we think certain players are undervalued based on how we think they're going to uh you know kind of succeed this season so Let's just go ahead and start. Scott, I'll let you take the handoff with the first baton here. You have Jordan Love as the quarterback that the market is maybe overvaluing based on market conditions. I'm inclined to agree with you. I like that you added this in here. Um, But what are your thoughts on Jordan Love? How are you approaching him? And do you have any actual exposure to Jordan Love in Dynasty yourself? I am zero shares, zero cares of Jordan Love. Uh, I was out on him as a prospect. So far, that has been a great take because so far he has done jack squat for you. Um, I'm a little bit, you know, I, I was a little bit in and I, I'm going to be in a few startups this offseason and I would be targeting um, Jordan Love late. But as I see him right now on Keep Trade Cut, he's quarterback 17. As I see him on Fantasy Pros ECR, he was quarterback 22. At both of those values, I'm out. Uh, I do not see him being near Tua Tagovailoa and Daniel Jones in terms of value. He's ahead of Trey Lance right now on Keep Trade Cut. I mean, if I could trade Jordan Love and flip him into Trey Lance, I would do so in a nanosecond. So, yeah, to me, this is uh, this is way, way too high for Jordan Love. And so for those reasons, he's overvalued. I think he's a flawed prospect, and I don't suspect that he'll be a multi-year starter in the NFL. Yeah, and the, the reality is it really doesn't make any sense that he has vaulted himself into – I mean, he's almost a top 15 quarterback in Superflex. Right. That's crazy. Like, think about that because we don't even know if he can keep a job. You know what I no mean? Idea. So to put him in that spot, you're putting him over guys who the time horizon and the, the resume and pedigree ensures that they're going to lock in. So you're really, you're almost over categorizing the upside, which what is his absolute upside like you know he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers I mean he's been a back-end quarterback one the past couple of seasons Jordan Love I feel like even quarterback 17 is kind of like almost his ceiling Um, so it's kind of crazy that the market is that high on him um I don't really know what's influencing that honestly except for like you have said on your show and like we talk about here you know it's these narrative-based sort of conversations that leak into how people just how consensus ends up being you know what i mean um it's nobody's fault really it just is what it is so good leverage point but like you said 
he has a value. You're like, you know, you're looking at him in certain spots because you acknowledge the range of outcomes. So yes, sir. Love that. And I love that pick for him. And, and, but like you said, I can't think of a single thing that Jordan Love has ever done worth noting. <laughs> Nothing. Except getting drafted. Yeah. Overdrafted. That's, that's right. That's yeah. it. Yep. So, eh, doesn't, yeah, like you said, it doesn't really make sense. So I love that you hopped in on that. Um, yeah, me, me and Andy Reid are both out on him. If you saw the Andy Reid clip. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Who? Yeah. What? Who? Never, like, never heard. Didn't even see. Never heard of the guy. Never heard. Of uh, I have Kyler Murray, which a lot of people that have watched the channel know that my kind of like Kyler Murray stick. But the reality is, you know, he's twenty-five and thirty-one in the NFL. Uh, you know, he's never passed for four thousand yards, and a lot of people, I think, undervalue passing yards because we kind of over-index the the boost that the rushing quarterback gives you so points wise at the end of the season it's easy to be like oh kyler's so good but it's like the time horizon of a player to rush for as much as he is to insulate that kind of passing is is a little scary also crazy news coming out a typical a typical uh tuesday or what day is it wednesday a typical wednesday Wednesday. it's a typical wednesday for the arizona cardinals more terrible i don't know if you saw the lawsuits People are pointing fingers, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's not stuff you really want to be seeing pointing fingers about. Um, just another day in Arizona, I guess. It's pretty bad. So if you take the context clues, aside from the fact that Kyler's been given every chance to succeed at an NFL level, they've brought in DeAndre Hopkins. They brought in Marquise Brown. They brought in James Conner. They brought in Zach Ertz. They brought in A.J. Green. You know, they drafted other people poorly but they did it you know what i mean and he has never done anything but be mediocre at best in fantasy sometimes he scores like 25 points and that gets everybody super hard the problem is he hasn't shown himself for the number one overall pick to really be the kind of quarterback you're supposed to be there so for me i'm lower than than consensus on him because i view his career trajectory much more similar to I think optimistic, the optimistic career trajectory for Kyler Murray is Cam Newton. And I think the realistic one is much more like Carson Wentz. And that's just based on what I've seen. And again, he's not a new, a new kid on the block. He's been in the NFL four years. He's been a four year starter in the NFL. And he's, and again, it's just, I've seen him have so much. So for me, I know a lot of people are higher than him, but he's one of my guys that I think is overvalued due to the market conditions. And um, I actually should have pulled up keep trade cut first. Sorry, that's my bad, y'all. But I did want us for fun. We're actually going to do the keep trade cut that it pulls up for us. So this should be a fun little thought exercise. I'm sure you've used their website, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so this will be fun. I've never done this before. We're just going to pull it up. We're going to talk about it. And then I'll kind of, We'll pull up these quarterbacks and then we'll kind of keep scooting along. So let's see what they give us. And I can pull this tab up. All right, y'all gonna ask me? Oh, they're not gonna ask me. Let's re- reopen a new window, but I'll I'll filibuster while you're looking. Do it. Yeah, Go for I it. Did. You know how to roll. I, yeah, I've been a little bit more uh, bullish on Kyler Murray at his value. I just feel like you know at one point he was you know, a top three dynasty quarterback, you know, he was flirting with QB two and, you know, is he the QB one? I mean, people had that conversation. He was that good. He was the quarterback three uh, in his, you know, sophomore season, so to speak, his second year in the league, you know, he put up great numbers and, 
he slipped a little bit, um, you know, in th- year three. Obviously, last year was bad. He was he was hurt two years in a row. He missed some games. I don't know. I, I you know, I'm, I, the the stories about him are a little bit disconcerting in terms of you know the type of commitment he may have. You know, he was thinking about playing baseball. Baseball is a bit more lucrative. Could he actually actually bolt? You know, to play baseball. I, who knows? There's a lot of things that that kind of go through my mind with this guy. He loves Call of Duty. Doesn't really like watching film. There's a lot of narrative in behind him. But at the end of the day, he is a Konami quarterback with elite upside. And wow. right now, he's at QB 11. Um, you know, but there's, so, but there's so many awesome Konami quarterbacks in the league right now that aren't Kyler Murray. Like he's the worst Konami quarterback in the league in my he's opinion. also the cheapest barely I mean I would take I mean uh, Watson is the only Daniel one Jones, right now maybe he part of the Konami conversation I don't no, know we, I don't have any Daniel Jones but I he feel like he's come up and he's a little lower there but but regardless irregardless I don't think Kyler Murray deserves it that's kind of my thing I, it, it is a value and this is maybe where he should have been all along is maybe the bullish case in my opinion um, but you know give me Give me guys I think are not going to be backups in two years. But I, I mm. it didn't give us the keep trade cut. Now I'm mad. I mean, I, I don't know that he'll be a backup in two years. I'd push back on that. I, I mean, I think that he's got some problems. I'm not the biggest Kyler Murray defender. But, you know, in terms of pushing him that far down the board, I will kind of – I'll be the stopgap. I'd be the guy buying while you're selling at that, at that perspective. Does that make sense? I, I oh, You know, yeah. I've been trying to – I've been trying to determine how many – you know, Kyler Murray shares what I be the sort of the 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 net that catches him from falling in, in in the multitude of dynasty leagues I'm in. So far, honestly, I have bought him zero times. So I've not actually purchased a, an opportunity of Kyler Murray in a dynasty league, but I am open to it. And so, you know, certainly if I were in a league with you right now and you were, you know, you first of all, you probably don't have him, but if, you know, a player like you is starting to get really nervous, I'd probably make a move and and try and swoop in. I've seen some pretty cheap ass, you know, Kyler Murray trades where people are getting him for a song, and I think the upside is worth it. I, he's stable enough because of the because of the contract situation. So you know, I mean, he's not going anywhere. Um, you know, a lot like Carson Wentz to me. I mean, hey, you know, you can bet on it. Um, I have a question for you, just for fun. How many rushing touchdowns do you think Kyler Murray has had in his last 25 games? Just a guess. Well, probably like eight. That is the exact number. This guy gets it. He gets it. There you go. Um, How many passing touchdowns do you think he's had in his last 25 games? Um, So 15 and... um, Almost two seasons. Hold on. I got uh, 38 nailed it all the money is it really kind of a shit that are you serious yeah you you nailed it you nailed it that but again like you had you had to like you wanted to go high and i could see you reeling in like i gotta be a little realistic i'm just worried about him again i'm glad we can talk about this and and have these opinions because um, i swear to god i'm not cheating dude that's fucking no you're 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 a savant i knew what i was signing up for when i asked you come on that's why i did it you know what i'm saying like i give the people of this channel of you know the support us what they what they want you know the good stuff all right let's go to our undervalued quarterbacks 
Scott, for you, you have Dak Prescott, who I really do love and agree with you on. Um, I, you know, just point of reference, I think Kyler is ahead of him, which makes no sense to me yep. in quarterback rankings. Um, is he right now? Yeah, like yeah. that just that doesn't compute to me because I know Dak can throw for like five k yards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's what the NFL needs right now, um, even if he's two years older. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. I agree with you. He's undervalued. For him to be under uh, Kyler Murray on keep trade cut is kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying? Um, but what what are your thoughts on on our man Dak Prescott here? I actually brought him up on the channel a couple of weeks ago as an undervalued player. So locked up there. Yeah, I was uh, I was on the Fantasy Pros show and we did a buy sell uh, the, earlier today and Dak was a buy for me. So this was an easy question when it came to me. I was like, I'll just double down on Dak. You know, he's the the uh, quarterback 13 in keep trade cut. And, you know, um, Pat Fitzmorris asked me on the show, he said, would you trade if you were in a super flex dynasty draft, the 1.02 for Dak Prescott? And I said, yes, I would. Because I think what you're hoping for either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young to become would be Dak Prescott. You'd be like, fucking A, that was a great pick. I nailed it. I got Dak Prescott. I got a guy who's capable of, as you point out, throwing for 5,000 yards. Now, I, I granted, Dak's going to be 30 here this year. I understand that there's a little – but, look, he's got five years. I mean, 30 to 35 is basically quarterback prime. Um, you know, certainly 29, 30, 31, 32 is quarterback prime. So he's he's tethered to a contract. He has C.D. Lamb. Uh, he, he has big D behind him, so to speak. In other words, that team is committed to winning. They're not going to just let him hang out to dry. They're going to continue to try and win no matter what at all costs. Um, Jerry will spend. They just acquired Brandon Cooks. Tony Pollard is an absolute weapon in the backfield. They'll probably invest draft, uh, draft capital on the offense, uh, whether it be offensive line or weapons or both. I love Dak Prescott. I think he's a winner. Uh, I think he's just a great a great player. Unlike Kyler Murray, who does have the upside, I'm not so sure I believe in Kyler Murray the man. I believe in Dak the man, so I'd be happy investing in him, and I'd certainly take him above Kyler Murray in uh, in Dynasty. Exactly, and that's kind of uh, that's kind of where when push comes to shove, when if, if you take everything away and it's just a blob, it's just a it's just a it's just a gray, it's just a Mr. Meesey playing fantasy football, you know, playing football. Do I want the Mr. Meesey that is, you know, shown himself to be of high character, a.k.a. Dak? And Dak's already been through some injuries. Like, the thing about Dak is his value, his injury value is kind of already baked in, and that's past him, whereas you're in that with Kyler right now. So it doesn't make any sense that he's lower on there. So I love that we are in agreement there. The quarterback that I had written down or that I put on uh, our little list over here that I thought was a little undervalued right now is Jacoby Brissett. Um, you know, it's, he's played more football than I think we care to remember the last couple of years. Started for the Colts a couple of seasons ago. Started a lot of games. I think it was 11 games this year for the Browns before Deshaun Watson came in. And just a few notes on him. You know, and currently, you know, Jacoby Brissett is signed with the Washington Commanders. I think there's a pretty good chance that he's going to be their starting quarterback. But I think he's probably going to end up being the best guy the best option they have he knows how to play smart ball and there's a couple of little points about him i want to point out one you can see here on the screen if you are watching you know on youtube which you should be if you're listening to podcasts obviously we love you and appreciate you more than anything in the whole world duh but eighth most rushing first down so i was looking at this because in my head 
Jacoby Brissett is built like a brick shit house. You know what I mean? Like he's a big old boy. And what we saw the Eagles do, you know, Ron Rivera, he had Cam Newton. He had the other big dude like this. And that's what I thought. Like, I wonder how many rushing first downs Jacoby Brissett had. And these are these auxiliary metrics that I look at that are a little less, you know, super deep analytical. But to me, it's like, how many times did he keep the drive going? How many times did he give himself more chances to do things on the football field? And then how did that compare to the other quarterbacks? Eighth most in the NFL. But here's where it's really, really fun. Okay. He only played 11 games. Okay. Two of the guys ahead of him are Marcus Mariota and Joe Burrow, both who played a lot more games. And then the other quarterbacks that were ahead of him are only the guys you would expect. Okay. It is the, um, oh, who? Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones. Yeah. Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. That's it. Jacoby Brissett is the fifth. So it got me thinking like, Okay, so we have this sort of thing happening. We have this player archetype, you know, built like a brick shit house. And again, like it made me think, go look at this because Stefanski's a smart coach too. You know, he brought Brissett in and they won games with him. So I'm I'm kind of piecing these things together because it's a copycat league. If there is a quarterback in the NFL that can do what Jalen Hurts can do at one yard, it's this guy right here. Um, and Ron Rivera is not too big to give it a try. So all those things kind of tied up neatly to pull the bow on it is Jacoby Brissett was also part of the highest touchdown season of Amari Cooper's entire career this last year okay and he put up over a thousand yards with Jacoby Brissett he knows how to focus in on his best players Jahan Dotson Terry McLaurin he's going to be put in a situation to to succeed a little bit differently than I think he has been in past years with the Colts with the Browns where he's a stopgap he could take over and be this guy. So for me, where he is right now in keep trade cut, I didn't even look because I know it's too, too low and he's really not even part of the conversation. But if you play super flex and you play two quarterback league, you, somebody in your league knows a lot about Jacoby Brissett because they've probably started him a lot the last couple of, uh, between the last three or four seasons. But he is a player that's not going away. You know what I mean? And he's kind of earned the trust of, of some people. So I want to bring him up as a player that is kind of undervalued as a, Kind of like Geno Smith. He's a player I've had sitting around on several dynasty benches for three, four years. And people are like, oh, why do you still have him? I was like, well, he's a spot start. And they're like, well, drop him for this. I was like, but you never know. You know, you never know. And he's at one of 32 guys that can maybe do this. He's not a wide receiver. He's not a running back. You know what I mean? Like, if he can go these places and get these coaches and these teams to say, you get to do this. Even if you're not super elite, that matters in fantasy. So that's a very long-winded I, I find myself in this situation where here I am uh, standing for Jacoby Brissett. Where are, what's going on out here? Is the apocalypse happening? <laughs> Tell me what's up, Scott. <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, the, the only thing with Jacoby is there's he, he's the hot potato quarterback. You know, there's no real future for him. There's nobody committing to him, you know, and there's never going to be. That's the one thing that you have to know with the Jacoby Brissett. He is actually, I love the dude. I mean, he's a former Patriot, you know, I mean, uh, you know, being a being a Pats fan, you know, but he, and he he performed better last year than Deshaun Watson did in that very same offense, which was shocking. Um, but he is a sort of station to station quarterback. Right. And, you know, he's That's not going to throw the ball down the field. He's not going to light it up. He's not going to give you too much. But I think that might be exactly what Ron Rivera wants as a veteran coach who's looking to sort of have that veteran deference. 
I mean, it scares me because, you know, for, for me, if I'm the coach there, I want the, the variance. I want to, I want to roll with Sam Howell. And if not, I want to fucking throw him away. You know, I want to see what I have in a young player like Sam Howell, you know, Sam Howell at least has something of an upside. Um, you know, I thought he was the quarterback one in that class, quite frankly, I know it's a shit class, but in that class, he's my quarterback one, um, you know, but he was drafted in the fifth round. So at this point, now you look at, you know, a guy like Jacoby Brissett, who's literally just a game manager. Sure. You can have him. Um, I, I don't know that he makes a difference enough. I mean, if you're starting uh, Jacoby Brissett in your quarterback two spot, you're looking for a quarterback two. But a lot of people and not, but that's the thing though. And that's how I'm getting at it. I'm not saying he's somebody you're going to flex or somebody that you're going to be proud to have on your team. But again, the guy in a third, you know, if you're playing dynasty and super flex 24 each week, he has made, I mean, he's a, he's a valuable commodity and he's earned the trust of the new England coaching staff, the Indiana coaching staff, the Miami coaching staff, the Cleveland coaching staff, the Washington coaching staff. He's the kind of guy that can get plucked, like you said, and dropped into any, basically any system around the NFL for the next five or six years. Yeah. You're going to be able to farm fantasy points from him. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. I'm not saying like, you know, he's going to right. be like, I don't, I'm not dying to have start Jacoby Brissett. No, of course Although, not. Although yeah. that's an elite flex. Like I said, I want to league with, with, with Geno Smith and it's an elite flex to do things like that and be like, yo, check it out. Um, so yeah. you got to get in, get on these low ball guys if you want to try. That no out. doubt. But I yeah, I mean, he's he's probably free ninety nine too, as you point out. I mean, that's exactly that's that's the you thing. Know, that's so why he's undervalued. He's going to totally. get play. He's probably going to be a starting quarter. Look, he was undervalued that. again last year. You know, I yeah. mean, because he is a guy that you can put in your lineup and actually have a quarterback too. In a lot of cases, you that's know, with injuries and whatnot. Totally. So for those be. reasons, I totally agree with you. My 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 expectations are. Just, just be you, big guy. That's all yeah. I want. I think he yeah. can pull that off. <laughs> I'd love to see. I'd love to see it. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, someone, one of those two guys, uh, getting unlocking Terry McLaurin would be very nice. But then you get sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle. Like I love Case Keenum. I ride for Case Keenum. I had him on my team that several teams that year with Minnesota. Minnesota. There's no better feeling in the whole world than a player that nobody believes in. Is somebody that you're like, text your friends like, hey, bitch, you see that? <laughs> you're like, hey, you see that? Oh, yeah, you, you, you love it. You love it. You love it. Come on now. All right, fantasy is about having fun, guys, okay? We're having fun. Um, all right, well, we've made it through one position, so this is going to be a total travesty. <laughs> Let's talk about the running backs. Overvalued running back market. You have Brian Robinson from the Washington Commanders, the team for the aforementioned uh, Jacoby Brissett. Why are you so low on Jaco or on uh, Brian Robinson? Um, are you more? Does that mean you're more bullish on Gibson, or are you just kind of bearish on the whole situation? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely. I would definitely draft Antonio Gibson ahead of Brian Robinson in a dynasty startup, but I wouldn't have to necessarily do that with a reach because I think there's quite a bit of separation between them and i think uh if i'm not mistaken if brian robinson actually brian robinson goes rb 33 antonio gibson rb 35 according to keep trade cut brian robinson yeah just no thank you i, I you know actually on ecr he was a little bit higher than that even uh, which is the experts uh, consensus rankings for dynasty rankings so you know rb 33 would be lower 
you know, he was a bit higher than that. But either way, my point is, is I think Brian Robinson's a two-down grinder. I don't think he's going to get pass down work. It's not a prolific offense. If I can sell him for, you know, that type of value, um, you know, Kenneth Gainwell goes behind him, Damian Harris. Those are players that are, you know, Rashad Penny, all these guys. I mean, I just think they're all James Conner. I mean, at least James Conner can give you one good year or one good game. Uh, and uh, Brian Robinson, I think, is just going to always be, you know, a two down player. And right now, a two down grinder on a bad offense is not the player I want in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Fair, fair. I don't. What, what did you say his ADP was currently? I I missed that bit. Just a keep trade cut RB thirty three. Okay, so for RB thirty three, I agree with you on the fact that he is a grinder. But these these are some grinder carry totals I like. You know, seventeen. These attempts, I guess, right here in this rushing column. 17, 20, again, not a prolific offense, but those aren't RB3 numbers, really. New I mean, offensive coordinator. Fair, fair. And I'm with, and I, I'm a, I'm a Gibson stan. I think he's a, I think he's dynamic. He's a much um, better player. And I, I just think that the talent will win out. Eric B there now. I'm not, I don't know what the hell he likes, but I think that he may be reasonable and see one player is completely explosive and can and as a former you know wide receiver who can catch balls and is only 24 years old i mean they're both the same age brian robinson and antonio gibson are both 24 so i i don't know i i just don't see you know antonio gibson as some sort of step down from brian robinson i see him as a better prospect and for those reasons i'd rather have him I mean, he's a better pass catcher and if i'm chasing anything in fantasy football i'm chasing the targets i i think if i had to bet if you had to bet who's going to get more targets this year, Antonio Gibson or Brian Robinson, it's Antonio Gibson and it's not close. Yeah, it's Antonio Gibson, you know, every single time too. I actually, in a, when I saw you put that on there, I thought, and you know this is going to happen, but how many people are going to take trad trades for B. Robinson thinking it's B. John? Yes. It's going to be Brian Robinson. Oh, that's I was like, I started thinking, what would be the worst team for him to end up on where our brains would just automatically like so good. So I was like, so who has close to maroon colors or like what rhymes with Washington? I was trying to think. I couldn't or commanders. I couldn't really come up with anything. But whatever team was the absolute worst, maybe it is literally he goes to the Washington Commanders. Like that would be great. Going to happen. So prepare yourselves, y'all. If B. Robinson anything comes through the trades, you better be holding that phone way out here in the hand, way up here. Yo, best check yourself a hundred percent. That shit's on you too. Don't press accept and then be like, yo, I thought it was Bijan. Yeah, you you check that shit. Do your research. Do your due diligence. All right. Don't be blaming everybody else because you got, you know. Because you got fucked. Let's you got worked. Real. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fuck yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I ain't about that. That's why I can't be commissioner, though, because everybody be like, man, you're the worst. Yeah, that's I just right tell now. them to work it out yourselves. The, the, I didn't <laughs> set this fucking league, you know, the, the computer system up. The computer system was there. You guys worked it, so it's your problem. <laughs> yeah, honestly, oh, if they want to undo the trade, they can just retrade it. It's not my problem as a commissioner. Their ADP is so close. I'm I agree with you. And here's the thing, you know, if we're in it, I'm not I don't think I'm lower on Brian Robinson than you are because I actually am kind of bullish on him, but I am very bullish because again, I'm I'm a I'm a basic ass motherfucker. I like a running back too that gets 20 carries as a grinder. That's fine with me. I got a lot of AJ Dillon out there. I got some Brian Robinson out there, but I also like Antonio Gibson. 
And a lot of people kind of threw him under the bus last year when Brian Robinson got drafted. And I was like, this dude had like 370 touches last year coming off of like two crazy injuries. He caught like the third most or fourth most passes, I think, out of any running back. And I was like, so he didn't have a lot of uh, – he was basically Najee Harris with less touchdowns. It was just like – it was all the auxiliary stuff was crap. But he, he – I was like, what we learned here – is that Antonio Gibson can be a workhorse. Now, maybe they don't make him do that, but remember coming in before that, it was like, oh, he's special teams, or, you know, he's just a pass catcher. And then he went out and had, like, the third most touches in the whole league, I'm pretty sure. You'll have to go vet me on that if you all want to, but it was like Najee, it was um, it was Najee, it was like him, and I think Dalvin Cook had, like, a shit ton of touches out here. And, uh, Derek Henry. But go look it up. And I was like, okay, like, he can handle a workload. Brian Robinson, like you said, not as necessarily as prolific. They might not have to use him. You know what I mean? They, and that's the luxury of having an Antonio Gibson. So when push comes to shove, I'm definitely higher on Antonio Gibson. I would agree with you 100% there. Uh, but, you know, he, you, know, you never know what happens. I mean, if, if I'm going to take a two down grinder, look at Damian Harris just sitting there at RB43. Like, what are you crazy? You're going to spend up on Brian Robinson at RB33 when you can get Damian Harris. You know, ten running back slots later. That yeah, could be for three Buffalo. rounds later. I mean, it's as a matter of fact, it's forty picks later, almost fifty picks later in keep trade cut. You know, if that's yeah. happening, I mean, I, there's because really, it's year by year with these running backs. There's no, there's no guarantee that you know. You could say, well, Damian Harris is twenty six and Brian Robbins is twenty four. Really, they're going to be they're going to be doing stuff at 28, 29 years old. These guys are year to year. I mean, you just don't know. You know, Jamal Williams scores 20 touchdowns last year. This year, who knows, right? But, you know, so you just don't know. They're year to year, these guys. Sometimes they have opportunities. Sometimes they don't. I don't know exactly what Brian Robinson's opportunity is going to be compared to Damian Harris, but I would project them to be somewhat equal. But the touchdown upside in Buffalo is far greater, and he's way cheaper. Give me Damian Harris. Yeah, definitely. Market conditions indicate that that is where you should go. I 100% agree. And that's why you have to look at things like keep trade cut and you have to aggregate that against the consensus on fantasy pros and the consensus on whatever your favorite website is or whatever you choose to do. So um, so my guy that I'm lower on at running back than market value is J.K. Dobbins. Uh, he, on keep trade cut, I was honestly kind of shocked to see how high he is. I mean, he is running back 16 on keep trade cut. And I'm going to share that real quick just so y'all can see it. Just so y'all know I ain't fibbing. Running back 16 for J.K. Dobbins. And this guy has really never done anything. Um, let's just look at his entire career. Like, let's just let's just call it how it is. In his entire career since being drafted in 2020, he has had 32 targets. That's not really that special, um, you know. And it's not like he hasn't played games. He's played 23 games. That's like 1.2 targets, 1.3 targets a game. So people, I've heard people say like, oh, you know, he's a pass catcher. I'm like, where are you seeing indication of that? I think the most targets he ever had was four. Let me see if I can share this screen. I think that happened this last season. Um, yeah. So if, and if you go back over his career, I'll just go and pull it up. 2022, that was when he missed a lot of time. I think he missed the whole season. But you go back to 2020. Targets four, four, a couple of times, but he's not even pulling those in really. He's pulled he pulled in two of them. 
Um, just not a massive pass catcher the way people kind of have described him. And he doesn't run a lot either. I mean, and he's shown himself to be fragile. And the way this Baltimore offense is with the Lamar stuff, with the just the way Harbaugh, just the way everything. Like the aura around there right now makes me think that every player that's there right now is basically on notice. And basically, maybe even this, the everything, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not good there right now. Um, and there's just not really anything to indicate that he could be or should be that highly ranked. I mean, fantasy points through his career. I mean, he read this guy rarely has gone over into double digits. Um, and 20 point games, we got one. I don't know. I just don't see any real upside. And at running back 16 to take J.K. Dobbins, again, a player who has 32 career targets, you're passing on some really high quality players. You're going to be taking him over a DeAndre Swift, somebody that as recently as last year was like, wasn't he a top five dynasty running back? Wasn't that a consensus kind of take? Um, you can get that now at a discount for a guy, J.K. Dobbins. You know what I mean? Look, Derrick Henry, even if it's just a one year plug and play, Derrick Henry is probably a lot more likely to win you a championship in reality and sooner than J.K. Dobbins. I wouldn't put that risk on my team. Sure, the time horizon looks nice because he's only 24, but what he's put on the field is just scary. Why would you ever take J.K. Dobbins when you can take David Montgomery, someone who's had multiple 250-touch seasons, been a consistent, not super elite, but if you have David Montgomery as your running back too, I don't really care where he plays. He's shown me enough to be worth a lot more than a J.K. Dobbins, and he's sitting here running back 24. He's on the cusps of being a running back three in Dynasty. And people are out here trying to sell me J.K. Dobbins at running back 16. Y'all need to pay more attention. Um, so that's kind of my thought process there on J.K. Dobbins. Just the ultimate upside is just what is it? You know what I mean? Like in reality, what is it? And it, it's, it doesn't look very good. Best case scenario, best case scenario, running back 16. Like that sounds about right, right? I have, I have J.K. Dobbins as my RB15 in Dynasty. I do like <sighs> J.K. Dobbins. I, I think um, I think it's fair. I, I've, I've... This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I sold J.K. Dobbins uh, for, um, you know, I mentioned this on two shows I was on already today, but I sold J.K. Dobbins for Rashad White and the 2.05 in this draft. On this rookie draft, I think that's a huge win. So yeah, I'm selling high on people who are super high on him. I, I first of all, I think J.K. Dobbins is one of my favorite players. I love this dude. Um, he, you know, he hasn't played for two years because of injury. He had a he had the ACL and the difficulty coming back from it. Um, so last year and the year before, two basically wash years. We saw this with Dalvin Cook. He had the the ACL year and then the wash year behind it. Um, Dalvin is also a great player. Just Running backs coming back from that ACL is really difficult that first year. They try and come back. They're warriors. The the pass catching is a huge problem as long as Lamar Jackson is there. Lamar Jackson doesn't target running backs. I think J.K. Dobbins is actually probably a high level or at least a above average pass catcher in the NFL. He had 71 catches in college. 
He was almost 10 yards a catch in college, five career uh, touchdown receptions in college. I think he was a good enough receiving back profile coming into the NFL, but it doesn't matter. You know, you can put, you can put Alvin Kamara there. They're not going to throw passes to the running back. It doesn't matter. So at the end of the day, his receiving uh, upside is cap. So I think he is more of an RB2, you know, this year if he can stay healthy. Look, health, I don't think that he's been injury prone. He's just been, you know, having a hard time coming back from it. He was pretty dominant. He was, he was very, very dominant on a per-touch basis this last year. So much so that all of the DFS bros were looking at the the, the – you know, snap share and just saying this can't keep continuing. And yet it did. He just kept ripping runs. He's a very, very good running back. Um, Whether or not he has upside, I don't think he really has elite ceiling. So for those reasons, I'm okay fading him. Again, I did trade him. And I think that's probably okay. If you're going to trade him at a, you know, uh, RB one, two turn value, that's, that's fine. Sell him. Look at these, uh, just to your point, look at these three numbers right above your head here. These are his uh, yards per carry for a three-game stretch. Eight yards per carry, 9.62 yards per carry, and 4.9. And he didn't, and he carried past a dozen carries in each of these games. So, yeah, you're right. Just ripping it. And that's He was ripping it. He's shown himself to be explosive at times. And and that's, that's and are those the targets? Is- look, one, one, and yeah. zero. I mean, that's exactly. the problem, right? So, you know, look, the guy is absolutely dogging it, and he gets 12 fantasy points. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's just killing it, absolutely fucking crushing 12 yep. points. That's the problem. So there's, a, there's an upside problem with J.K. Dobbins. It's been there the whole time. Look, who knows if they change quarterback? I doubt it. I, I do think it's more likely than not we see Lamar back there, but – you're right in the in the in the upside downside of J.K. Dobbins. I just be careful, uh, you know, with the prospect. I think he's a great prospect, but the situation you you spot out perfectly. I would, you know, and I I would say buy low, but again, like dynasty, like running back sixteen is just that's too that's high. Not that's it's not, not low. That's not low exactly. Like you're buying him at his ceiling, and it's probably higher than he's been even the last year when he didn't play. Which again doesn't. It's just like we're further along. I, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. we'll move on because I want to keep us rolling here. Um, you have overvalued or undervalued, sorry, undervalued go. running back. So you have Cam Akers. I love this. I was a big Cam Akers stand last year. He had weird. I mean, the Rams were the weirdest team ever. They've been the weirdest team ever for like six years. I don't know if we ever really paid attention. But um, talk me through why you are still in on Cam Akers uh, because I, I, I want I want to hear it. I love it. Well, well, I see your guy there. Let me ask you a question. Who do you think's older without looking, Cam Akers or Isaiah Pacheco? Probably Pacheco. Yeah, he's he is. Pretty old. I think he's almost 24. He's like 20. He, I know he's 24 at least. He's over 24. Cam Akers still 23 years old. And so, you know, the, uh, look, that's not the end of the world. Like I said, you don't have to look at age. But Cam Akers was an elite prospect, second-round pick. Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh-round pick. Isaiah Pacheco is a sell for me at this value. I, 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 we can talk about them both at the same time. Basically valued the same in Dynasty I love Pacheco. Dude, you watch that kid play, you're like, fuck. I mean, he's a big kid who moves fast. Um, He really doesn't have actual pass-catching ability. You've seen him sort of get thrown the football. It's not pretty, but on a screen or whatnot, he can catch it and go. That's for damn sure. That kid runs violent. He's a very, very fun player. 
The only problem is, is he could be sort of pigeonholed as a slasher in the NFL. In other words, a guy who just basically gets his, you know, 10, 15 carries a game and that's it. That's his cap. That's his ceiling. That's his, that's what his utility is in the NFL. So I think he's also being drafted near his ceiling. And he also has the the possibility, as does Cam Akers at this point, by the way, of being eviscerated by the draft. Um, if, if Kansas City drafts, you know, a Charbonnet, a Gibbs, a somebody, just anybody, even a Kendra Miller, a Banacanda, any of these guys, Zach Evans even, I mean, any of these guys get drafted by Kansas City and all of a sudden the Pacheco outlook and the target, I mean, excuse me, the rush share becomes a little bit more murky. Look, I can say the same thing about Akers. I get that. But I would tend to think that Akers could be a more of a three-down player. He also, if you pull up the late season, Akers stuff was pretty impressive as well. Right as he was, uh, he, he turned into the sort of bell cow that we thought we would see. There was something kind of kind of strange in the Akers. You know, the the whole profile and the whole history of Akers has been up and down. You know, he he comes out the rookie year. You know, you think we've got everything. We're like year two. He's going to be the man. And then he, he pops the Achilles. He comes back. By the time he's back, they, they start him in the playoffs, and he's terrible. Then he comes back. Then he, they're going to trade him. And then he's dope down the stretch. I mean, it's just been a yo-yo roller coaster with Cam Akers. So I'm prepared for anything. But I also understand that it could be just like he's the lead back in a bad offense. And that could be good enough. You know, certainly at his price, at his age, you know, I, I'm willing to buy in. But I'm really looking to sell any and all running backs. Um but uh, but Cam Akers at RB27 seems very, very inexpensive. Yeah, sorry. I couldn't get it to pull up for whatever right. reason when I was trying to like, – my sleeper is now just not loading. So, um, sorry, I kind of you. failed you there. You had a, a great, great point. So, and I agree, you know, he has a lot of things going for him and his I'll, ADP. I'll give it to you real quick. I'll give it to you real quick. Down the stretch the last four games, he did not play less than 75% of the snaps in those four games. He got, uh, you know – 65, 118, 123, and 104 uh, yards rushing. He was over five yards a carry in every game uh, with, excuse me, with three touchdowns and a couple of targets in each game. Like, that's the kind of usage where you go, look, if that's a season-long thing and he plays like that, it's big. You know, so a lot of upside. Yeah, I mean, and this is the type of player we thought we saw when we, when we scouted him in college, when he came into the pros was, you know, this sort of, this explosive athlete. Well, obviously, if you rip the Achilles off the back of your fucking ankle, you tend to slow down a little bit potentially. Um, so that thing is, you know, kind of a question. But, you know, the, the late season surge might tell us that he could potentially be healthy. If he is, I think he's got that upside. Yeah, he does. And, you know, like you said, it's three years, a lot of, you know, battling injuries. But that means the wear and tear, you know, it hasn't been on the field necessarily. It's right. been a lot of recovery time. So that could be uh, – put as a bullish sign as well uh for me for pacheco you know i'm, I'm just at, at running back with 24 right now he had 170 rushes last year yeah five only five touchdowns so it wasn't like his numbers were super inflated by that right. 4.9 yards per carry yeah. which is you know a lot of people are like oh that's you know, it's a large a high number i understand that but he had 170 rushes, you know. I mean, it wasn't like he just, you know, rushed like 90 times either. So and it showed, though, in those games, man, he was ripping fools. Like, he's a very aggressive runner. Yeah. He had four fumbles, which I kind of think was a little under the radar. Um, yeah, it's a that's problem. not great. No. But, uh, you know, that, a rookie, you know, what was he, a seventh rounder or something like that? So He's got to fix that. that. What, do you, what do you expect, that. though? 
But he did enough to get out there and force out Ronald Jones. He never let Melvin Gordon get out in front of him. He never let CEH get back on the field. And right. by the end, they were just kind of using Isaiah or McKinnon, who won me a lot of money this year in Dynasty. They were basically just using McKinnon as a pass blocker. Um, and he stopped getting those crazy target totals that he was getting early. That's not to say they targeted Pacheco a lot. He only had 14 targets through the whole season, 13 right. receptions. But there's another thing that I like about him. And it's something that goes a little under the radar. And, I'm, and as a Dynasty player, I'm sure you're in some leagues that have kick return and punt return yards. He had 597 kick return yards on 29 returns. That's a really long average. I know people like Evan Silva and other smart fantasy people, you know, look at that kind of usage for a player. Someone like Tyreek Hill, another 10, uh, who was talking a little trash on the, uh, the Chiefs today. But it's all good. We, we still love you, Tyreek. Um, hey. You know, that stuff, Andy Reid... In my opinion, the reason that he was able to keep all those other veterans off the field and be used in the Super Bowl and did everything right was because he showed up on special teams in a big way. And Reed was yeah. just like, this is your chance. And he never let up when it kept coming. So for me, it's just kind of one of those drumbeat things where if nothing happens in the draft, it's, there's, no, there's no one who's going to do anything to take this from him because there's been so many guys that are vets and all every every argument you could make they didn't even touch the field in the super bowl you know what i mean yeah. and and knowing andy reed knowing the chiefs just kind of knowing that team um i think that this time next year he's gonna be one of those guys that people are gonna be like he's top 10 and things can change look at Ramondre he, stevenson i think huge, he had 14 yeah. targets uh two years yeah. ago and he had like 90 this year just yeah. like the drop of a hat things change so pacheco's the ultimate upside play i mean he's a huge risk reward play because he could yeah. get eviscerated with some look if anybody gets drafted to that team they have more draft capital than him because he was mm-hmm. drafted in the seventh round so what happens is sometimes that just can happen but it appeared to be that they really preferred him and as a rookie he was getting meaningful touches in the playoffs. I mean, he had more than yeah. 10 carries in each playoff game. So, I mean, yeah. they did they did prefer him. Um, matter of fact, he had more than 13 touches in each game. Yeah, so, he averaged thir- I have averaged 14 carries a week from week nine on. Like yeah, that's, that's meaningful. And again, that, that's somebody who won a lot of money. And I was anti-Pacheco, too. Like, coming in the season, I remember a lot of Dynasty people were in on him. And I was like, y'all stupid. I was like, Jared McKinnon all day. I was like, CEH is coming back. We go, we going up. We going up. And then I started to be like, and then he started running. And I was like, if one of those things where he's looking good and you're just grinding your teeth like, yeah, well, he didn't look that good, you know, and you're like, man. And I was just like, all season, I kid you not, I was like that. And as soon as the season was over, I was like, oh, my God, the biggest Isaiah Pacheco guy ever. Just because yeah. I was like, I'm going to just sit here and pretend I'm going to confirm my priors. But the reality is, like, what people saw early on that I missed and I feel like because they got a little bit of a burn, they're kind of off at running back 24. That might not even be the highest he's ever been. I actually want to look now on yeah. Trey Cut because what's he done to go down in value? You know what I mean? Like, he, all he's done is show himself to be that dude. Running back 25. He's a running back three. The Chiefs running back one as of right now is a running back three per keep Trey Cut. Go get him, guys. Oh, oh my gosh. All right, Jax, we got it. It popped up. Yes. All right, this is what we're all here for. This is what Keep Trade Cut does the best. They give us 
All right, they crowdsource information for us. If I can get my screen to work properly, uh, we'll do... <laughs> both at the top would be, I think, I the know. spot. There's, a, there's all these new features on stream. Juju, Jimmy, and uh, Dalton Kincaid. Here we there go. it is. Here we go. All right, so here's our Keep Trade Cup for the people on the podcast. It finally popped up. It's got us a Juju Smith-Schuster, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Dalton Kincaid, like you just said. And this is super flex, half PPR, 12 team. Always assume super flex. Like, let's live in reality, folks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh, so what do you got? I mean, give me Jimmy. It's, Jimmy? It's, yeah, it's super flex. I, I always just yeah. lean quarterback. And then it's like... Yeah, Jimmy, Juju, Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid's my tight end one. So that just tells right, you. So you're gonna. So are you gonna keep him? So you're gonna keep Jimmy. You're gonna. What? Who are you gonna cut? Jimmy, Juju, Dalton. All right, we're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna answer this question. We're gonna do, do our. Do you agree? Do the Lord's work, y'all. We're gonna be a data point and keep trade cut for you live on national television. Yeah. We're gonna keep Jimmy. You're yeah. welcome, Jimmy. We're going to. Trade, that's the next best, I'm assuming. So that yes. means you, that's Kincaid. I actually would I take Juju over Kincaid, us, but that's all right. They should give us a little like stash button, like a like a stash instead of trade. Like <laughs> I'll trade him to myself in a year, like, you know, to yeah. myself in a year from now. So you and take then, Dalton Kincaid over Juju right now? Would I? No, yeah. because here's, no. here's why Me I would Then we need to change it then because yeah. that means the team is more valuable. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yes, there you go. Okay, okay, we're we're good then. Because I thought I thought you were a little more in case. Because you said you're tight end one in this class. Yeah, but, but even that doesn't mean that, I'm putting them over Juju. I mean, exactly. you know, I mean, tight end is always one of those things too. It's like, I mean, I don't know. You know, oh, you're you're knows? singing to the you're singing to the choir, my guy. Like we're we're the crawdad singer, whatever what girls are reading yeah. these days. Like I'm with that. Like that's how I am too. I don't want no tight ends. I traded. Listen to this. This is straight heresy out in Dynasty Streets, but it won me a league. I traded Kyle Pitt straight across for David and Joku. Straight across. No, 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 no nuts and bolts on that nonsense. Won me a league. So wow. I mean, what are we gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna say about it? Yeah, Let's go, go, baby. Let's go, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You're invited back again for sure. <laughs> okay, so what do we do? Submit. All right, keep trade cut. We did what we gotta do. All right, let's get back to the the Lord's work over here. Uh, we got your little uh your your Jax Falcon. I pulled this right off of your looks uh, good. Right off of your Twitter. And oh, we'll pull this down here in the center. I kind of like this view here. All right, so we'll let you go off first about why you're kind of lower than consensus on Jameson Williams. I, had I mean, earlier you know, for me, Jameson Williams uh, has done nothing in the NFL. He had one dominant season for a dominant team in the in college, and now he is the hotness. Um, you, you know, he is the wide receiver 17 in, in keep trade cut. That is very expensive. That is over guys like Devontae Adams. I mean, if you could take Jamison Williams and sell for Devontae Adams plus, I feel like you're going to have two solid years of Devontae Adams. I don't know. Michael Pittman even, he's ahead of – I'm not even a Michael Pittman fan. Uh, he's ahead of no T.J. Moore. No one is. They say they are, but no one really is. Here's the he's thing. He's ahead None of Brandon Ayuk. I mean, come on now. Brandon Ayuk's a stud. I love Traylon Burks. I mean, he's ahead of just so many good players as you go on down the list. I just feel like – you know, of that group, I would take any one of those guys, like just, you know, I, I, in other words, I would take that tier as a one, you know, one tier. 
And for me to pay up to get the black box, I mean, it could be a boat, is Jamison Williams. We just don't know. And and my main fear with Jamison Williams is not that he's not good. I actually think he is good. My main fear is that his utility is more of a of a field stretcher and not of an uh, uh, of a play. Like for instance, he's ahead of Christian Watson, and you could have said the same thing about Christian Watson. But Christian Watson showed up and showed that he's more than just a field stretcher. Jamison Williams has not done that yet. The draft capital is behind Jamison Williams, I guess, but he's also playing with another alpha and Amon Ross St. Brown, who's been an absolute target magnet. So it's not like there's a ton of targets available for him. I don't know. I'm just a little bit nervous playing with uh, Jared Goff, not exactly the downfield thrower. Um, You know, I don't know, man. There's just a lot of questions. I'm not saying he isn't good. I'm just saying it's very expensive for a guy who's never done it. You be careful now. Very expensive for Mr. James. (laughs) No, I agree. I'm trying to get it to pull up on Keep Trade Cut. For whatever reason, it's acting up on me now. But I agree. You know, when when you're getting a guy, I mean, again, at 17, he's a wide receiver, too. Will you feel comfortable playing Jamison Williams as your wide receiver, too? You can't. You can't look me in the eye and say that week one. So how can you rank him like that, in my opinion? You have to be have an honest discussion with yourself. How do I play? feel about these guys right now? Like, if we have to suit up, we have to play fantasy football right now. I'm not putting – I mean, like, if, if I'm trying to win this week, there's no way I'm putting Jamison Williams in it. And so that should – I mean, it's recency bias, but it should – influence the reality of the world you live in yeah Jamison Williams probably gonna be great he's not great yet maybe he's definitely not great for fantasy yet you know you have one play one play how do you how you how you gonna come out here how are you gonna come out here and be ranked ahead of like Debo Samuel 27 years old DJ Moore 26 years old Terry McLaren 27 I mean those guys got three years of elite runway in front of them, and they still got some of their best ball might be ahead of those guys. Same is true for Jameson Williams, but he's a wide receiver 17. You're buying a lot of hype there. I agree with you. That just doesn't reflect true value that you're going to get back at any point in the near future, in my opinion, especially with Amon Ross St. Brown there. And now they have David Montgomery and um, Swift. It's like they... What we see with Jamal Williams last year, like they're committed to running. Like Jared Goff gets them down there, but they like to pound the football. And on fourth down, they like to go for it on fourth down. And they don't, and Jared Goff doesn't go into the end zone nearly as much as I wish he did. You know what I mean? That why did why did Jamal Williams have so many touchdowns this last year? Why do you have so many red zone carries last year? I mean, he didn't throw the ball down there. Jared Goff did, but when they got down there, what did they do? They said, we're taking all four of these downs. We're not turning it over. We love you, Jared Goff. Thanks for getting us within five. Hand it away. Like, like unless we have to throw it to Amon Raw, ankle's a big issue, blah, 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 blah. Jamison Williams, basically a non-factor last year, except for one, two plays. I don't know how he fits into this offense uh, yet. And based on what I know about Jared Goff, He's not the kind of wide receiver that Jared Goff really uses a lot. So for me, I'm, I'm with you. I agree. It's it's rich to be wide receiver 17. Word. <clears throat> Word. Word up. Um, my overrated wide receiver is uh, the man himself, uh, a former, you know, a dynasty darling, honestly, one of the, the most dynasty darling players. And actually, now that I'm seeing where he's actually ranked, uh, he's not overvalued. That's I kind of just assumed because the narrative around him had been so positive for so long that he would probably be higher than this, given his age and how everybody is. That's my fault for not doing my due diligence. Maybe I need to come full <laughs> circle on that and say at 30, wide receiver 38, what is that, a wide receiver 5? A uh, guy who's never really been given a shot, you know, I could spin that narrative, you know, on the fly here. 
Uh, but I won't do that. I do not think that he uh, – well, again, now, at wide receiver 38, I, I, I actually can't get behind not being into him. So Yeah, you do like him there. I, I do like him a lot. But, but you know what I like a lot more is this trade that I just did this last week. And now I, I traded I uh, Rashad Bateman straight across for Isaiah Pacheco in a triple flex uh, super fle- or triple flex uh, best ball league I'm in with uh, some pretty cool dynasty people from around the world, around the world, way out there. Um, and I feel really good about that now. Because <laughs> I think he thought he was getting one over on me. Oh, boy, girl, what you talking about? All right, I'm gonna. Well, that's easy then. I don't have to talk about Rashad Bateman. Um, let's talk about the undervalued wide receivers. You have Isaiah Hodges here. I have DK Metcalf on my list. I only think DK Metcalf is is undervalued because of some of the people who are unironically seem to have worked their way ahead of him. Like, what are we doing? I love Chris Olave as much as the next guy, but wide receiver eight, Mike DK Metcalf is that dude he's been that dude he's three years now in the league four he's done it with multiple quarterbacks uh and he did it with another wide receiver doing it right next to him one of the best in the league tyler lockett so people are like oh crystal lava you know he did it without any other extra help blah blah no no shit he did with no help like he it's michael thomas type inflation in, in, in uh you know production it's inflated it's we're down we're love you new orleans saints we're down or we're really close all right, and we only have one guy out there running the route. Let's let's talk about it. So we're gonna throw it to him. You know what I'm saying? Like that stuff doesn't last. You know what I mean? That's not built to last. So I don't care what all the other stuff is. Wide receiver eight? Nah, 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 nah. How you all be putting DK Metcalf two spots behind him? I mean, or even in the same breath? Honestly, like let's be real. Chris Olave in the same breath as DK Metcalf. I mean, he had 13 touchdowns, I think, this last year. I mean, just let's put a little respect on DK Metcalf's name. Um, it's just it's just unreal that – I mean, I was just kind of shocked, honestly. So I'll, I'll cede the floor to you. What are your thoughts? Um, I just think – actually, I put out a poll. I want to pull it up now. I put out a poll because I know why this made me so mad. Because they're only two spots away from each other where we just spoke, right, here on Keep Trade Cut. But look at, oh my gosh, you're kidding me, computer. Ah! All right, well, I have this poll. I'll retweet it. But almost 70% of people would take Chris Olave right now in Dynasty per Twitter poll over DK Metcalf. That's insanity to me. That's literal. That's the literal definition of insanity. But I cede the floor to you because my computer won't load anything right now. So I can't pull my numbers out and keep shooting away. So, or, well. Maybe I've drank the Kool-Aid. I'm a, I'm a little bit in on, on Chris Olave. Um, yeah, I mean, his peripherals were really good last year. Um, you know, I mean, he was he was a, a, a big play player down the field. He was highly targeted. And, yeah, it seems like he's going to be a guy. Now, here's the thing. He's also somewhat of a projection. So, you know, we've done this so many times before with early producers you know, whether it be Juju Smith-Schuster or whatever. I mean, we've we've been burned by this before. So I'm not here to just tell you you're wrong. I am here to tell you that I may be wrong. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm okay with the, the DK Metcalf love if you want it. Um, he's a monster. He's probably not going to get hurt. He's, an, I mean, one of the most fabulous athletes on the planet. He's a LeBron James level type athlete when it comes to size, speed, 
and so you know for those reasons i guess you can definitely say that he's not going anywhere uh so I, I won't i won't push back too hard to be honest with you um at the end of the day though isaiah hodgins is wide receiver 73 you know he's going off you know somewhere around pick 200 in a draft um you know i don't know man i just think that he has the upside to be sort of a the team's wide receiver one now he won't be the number one target in new york you're going to see um you know saquon barkley and darren waller be the number one target but Daniel Jones had eyes for Isaiah Hodgins down the stretch. They made it their priority to sign him immediately. He was the first bit of action that the New York Giants did. They first order of business, they signed up Isaiah Hodgins on a two-year deal. I think it was almost $12 million. Um, so they clearly had plans for him. They've since signed 72 slot receivers to play alongside of him. But I think it's basically... You know, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, now they could draft a, a, a wide receiver. That would not surprise me at all. But I think there's a role for Hodgins almost no matter what happens. He's going to be one of the two outside receivers. If they draft somebody, it's likely to be an outside player who sort of maybe moves Slayton along. But uh, And then the, there's so many you know slots, it's unbelievable. But one of those slots will play. Darren Waller will play. Hodgins will play. I just think he's going to have enough relevance kind of like a guy like uh, KJ Osborne or Nico Collins you know these guys are probably going to be relevant almost no matter what happens um, you know and he's going behind those types of guys I love those guys those are guys that you can kind of take shots on if you you know uh, you know need to fill out your roster um, you know especially in a startup draft I mean Hodgins just push the button late yeah, I agree with you. I don't know where his picture just went. Like I said, my computer's on the fritz over here. I think my battery's about to die on this one. So we probably have to shut it down a little bit before we finish these tight ends out. But yeah, I like that. And, you know, the, like you said, the coaching staff went out of their way to bring him in. The Bills drafted him. So it's basically the coaching staff that drafted him, bringing him in. They think, look, we've had success with this archetype type of player, with this archetype type of quarterback. Let's bring him in. We know, you know, he hasn't produced so much that he's going to put us out of pocket. We can still address the position without making any waves. I think that's one of the better signings that you could say that they've had in a while. So Isaiah Hodges is somebody that I am going to be looking at more, probably more in best ball, but I might throw some dynasty feelers out there too now that you've kind of put me onto him. Uh, we were going to talk about tight ends, but we're just going to forego the tight end conversation because all you really need to know about tight ends and dynasty right now is that Dawson Knox it ain't it. And David Njoku is, okay? David Njoku is it. I do like David Njoku. I've been getting a little bit of, uh, you know, pushback where I had David Njoku ranked in uh, in Dynasty for us. So I I don't disagree. Forget them. Forget them. Those people lose to guys like us in Dynasty. That's why people are watching this channel. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Um, If, if, you know, if, 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 if David Njoku isn't a top tight end for you, you just don't know what to do. I don't know. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> like I said, I'm the guy who traded him for Kyle Pitts. So, you know, uh, you know, what, what do I know? I trade Kyle Pitts away for him. Want me a championship, but, you know, it's not going to get me any love on Twitter. That's for dang sure. Um, we got a comment here. I would love to answer your comment, my man, Jacob. Um, before we let my man Scott off of here, thank you for being with us again, brother. I appreciate your time. Um, no everybody, make sure you go follow my man. Jax Falcone, look him up on Twitter and then follow his podcast, The Undrafted, and shout out to the whole squad at The Undroppables. Thanks, man. They're one of the better dynasty platforms out there. The reality is, you know, 
I, I'm not I'm not trying to shake anybody, but it's like if you want to win fantasy football, you have to find an edge. And the only way to find an edge is to get different content. You can't be, you know, every, if everybody's getting, you know, McChicken fantasy football, everybody's getting McChicken fantasy football. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's shopping at Walmart. Everybody's shopping at Walmart. If you want to get an edge, you got to find your boutique style, hand curated, highly efficient people that care. All right. And you have to take their information in. And the kind of people that don't tell you what to do, but tell you how to address things and how to play. Because the reality is every league is unique and different. The rules are a little different. The concepts are kind of what stays the same. So, yes, all right, Joshua, you have a good question here for us. Would you guys trade the 101 for Henry and the 108 in Dynasty? Caveat being he has Barkley and ETN already. Wide receivers are Cup, Goblin, and McLaurin. So I'm going to assume this is not super flex, Joshua. Because I would probably be a little bit hesitant, even with those running backs, to move that low. But I'm I'm curious, what are your thoughts? Super flex thoughts and non super flex thoughts. Yeah, it's a hard pass, no matter what. Yeah, right, it's a hard pass go. because you're going to get Derrick Henry, like you said. You might get a year of Derrick Henry. You have no idea what you're getting with Derrick Henry. The 108 is kind of a crapshoot. The 1.01 is Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson is about as sure a bet as you can make in Dynasty Fantasy Football right now. Like, literally, he's in the top five bets you can make. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be a top five player. It's just a top five bet. It's, it's, I mean, it's like Patrick Mahomes, and then you're searching. I mean, Bijan is going to be a great running back in the NFL. The only question is whether or not he gets hurt, just like every other goddamn running back in the, on the uh, you know on the slate. So for me, yeah, this is not nearly enough for me to trade off of Bijan. Not even yeah. close. Keep your I pick. agree. Add him to Barkley and ETN and dominate. Exactly. Yeah, and you're, you're on to it there. That's the thing is, Bijan represents like, and again, it's like range of outcomes. If it's a bad situation, it's still going to be really, 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 really good probably. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like, let's dream a little. These moments don't come along in Dynasty all the time. So my man Joshua, hold on to your 101. And you know what? You, he might come at you with even more. You know, there might be something that slides in here in a night or two. It looks a little better than that. You know, I don't know what he's doing. He might make some moves. That's what the smart dynasty guys do too. They go out and get people what they want. So if you kind of drop some hints, if you have an idea of, you know, something where you might not ask us if it's good, where you're like, oh, that's a smash, throw it out there, you know, drop hints, you know, and, and play hardball with trades. That was something we were going to talk about. Honestly, I had about a dozen more talking points for us, but we got uh, caught up in the, the player takes. I thought we did good covering the players and then the concepts around like how we're viewing those players and the positions. So um, no complaints from me. Any, any final words from my man, Jackson? Again, we thank you so much for being here with us. You've been a pleasure. Super fun. Like I said, we will be having you back on again. Thank you. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. Uh, that's where I'm making fun of people and just kind of throwing some shade all over the place, trying to be very sarcastic. So Twitter is where all that shit happens. Uh, there'll be some takes uh, where you can find our very pragmatic takes and some really great content, including the Art of Dynasty by none other than Mr. Chalk. If you don't know Chalk, then, you know, he's kind of the, the dragon behind the scenes he's a genius he's an absolute stud and he's written a, a series about dynasty it's found on uh the website at the undroppables and then check me out on the undrafted we have a great uh great podcast that we have you know new guests on every week and and we really just talk dynasty and, and have a lot of fun with it so uh that's where you can find me and i hope you do 
Yep, like you, like I said, guys, I can't endorse it enough. I don't. You guys know me. I don't consume a lot of fantasy content. I create it. One of the few, you know, people who I think can pull good conversations out is you, um, and you have such a variety of people. And again, that's what I want. I want to get so many perspectives. I want to be a melting pot of ideas and thoughts and processes, and I want to learn as much. And then I want to share that with people. So you're definitely got one of the better podcast feeds out there for Dynasty. Shout out to you. Shout out to all the undroppables idp army and everyone is still sticking with us we appreciate you smash that subscribe make sure you follow us along on the podcast feeds and remember idp and the p is for positivity Ah! (laughs) where my video let's go baby my computer dying on me y'all we're ending this it's over having trouble connecting please check your internet connection it's happening. Is it? Okay. <laughs> I'm hitting on this computer too. Bing bong. All right. <laughs> After the world's most awkward ending of all time. Sorry, people love tell. it. People love it. I still can't even tell if it's over. It's still live. Are you serious? Yeah. That's what it says well, anyway. Hmm. Well, sorry, y'all. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You can just go ahead and pull your.
literally fuck. Fucking ignorant right now. <laughs> Jeez. Alright, let's try this again. Sorry, Jax. Great show. Thanks everybody for being here. <laughs> IDP and the P. Positivity.